0: Everyone, and welcome to another episode of FTU, Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and it's another beautiful day here in North Carolina. It feels like I'm being brought alive because the heat is up to about 90 degrees, the temperature, and it feels like the humidity is about a 1,000%. Um, so you walk outside, and it just feels like you're uh, being punched in the face um, with the humidity. Um but if that's the biggest complaint I have today, um, then I'm going to say that's a pretty good life, right? Um, I'm complaining that the weather is a little uncomfortable. Yeah, that that's that's a pretty good life right there. Okay, so in today's topic uh, topics, what do I want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about um, a few things. One, I want to address uh, uh, last week's podcast because I had a few questions about that. I also wanted to talk about uh, my trip to the Matchbox 20 concert here in Raleigh on Wednesday. Who would have thought that a Matchbox 20 concert would have caused so many issues, right? Or so many um, thoughts on my part. And then I want to finish up the show um, just talking about how um, on two things. I visited a couple of friends this week and my thoughts on running. And then, of course, I want to give shout outs. And, you know, I want to, you know, do the customary up. Okay, so last week I was a, a little, uh, I guess, no, I was just honest about uh, special operations, right? And the idea that, um, you know, the people that earn special operations, you, you know, you get this arrogance or this uh, idea that um, you're, just a little bit better than everyone else and that isn't true and again I like to bring up uh, Benny good times and la piedra right the rock and the reason why I bring them up is because that was those were just two people in one organization right well new sock is pretty pretty big and so is the rest of socom right and I'm f- figuring if those two idiots were in my unit then I know there were some pretty big rocks um, throughout the rest of socom. And if that's the case, I know there are other people like me wondering, how how did those guys get here? Like, how are they doing the same job that I'm doing? And so you have to look at it this way. It's either they lowered the standards, whoever the powers may be, um, lowered the standards so we could let, so we could just fill numbers, right? Because you needed bodies to continue the mission, which I could totally understand. Two, maybe we're not that special, all of us. And three, and this is the one that people really don't like to confront or ask, maybe I'm not very smart. Maybe I'm a moron because they're stupid and I'm here in the same unit with them. So maybe we're just a unit of, of idiots because I refuse to uh, accept the fourth option that those two dummies are actually intelligent. Nope, that's not a possibility. Just threw that one out. All right, we're not even going to test that for validity. <laughs> it's just It's just stupid right? Because they're stupid. And anybody who ever talked to those guys knows, yeah, you can see it instantly within two seconds. Um, so it took a little bit of soul searching. And, you know, for me, I had to, uh, throughout my career, military career, I had to come to realization that, you know, maybe I wasn't as awesome as I thought I was. And that's fine. And the reason why I bring this up is because, again, right? I teach um, some young soldiers and I was, you know, I have some gripes because they wait to the last second too. They uh, they know that they're going to go out on missions and they need some training. And it's whatever they request, I'll try to provide, um, meet their uh, request, right? Because that's why I'm there. I'm there to serve them. They're not there to service me, right? They're not there to help me out. That's not the point. I have a job. My job is to provide them instruction on what they want. The thing is, they, of course, you know, they have a million things going on and they wait till the last second and they want guest speakers and it just isn't going to happen, right? It just isn't going to happen sometimes. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I was stopped and I thought about it. It's like some of those kids, they're kids. They're 20 years old, right? And I was thinking these, these people are going overseas to represent our country. Not necessarily in combat operations, you know humanitarian assistance, disaster relief, uh, foreign internal defense, you name it, whatever, right? I was thinking, well, what was I doing when I was 20? When I was 20, I was uh, back in California. I was trying to figure out how to buy a 12-pack, you know, because I wasn't 21, so I couldn't walk in and actually buy it. So I was trying to figure out ways how to purchase beer. That was my biggest goal in life at the time. I was still going to college, but that was... It didn't pan out, right? So my biggest goal was trying to figure out how to buy some beer and just how to fill up the tank in my Mustang, right? And these guys, you know, I, I'm a little too honest with them, but at the same time, they're just not ready. They're just not ready. Their minds are not developed yet, and they don't have the skill. I don't care what you say going to a school in special operations for three to six months does not prepare you for geopolitics and international relations. It just doesn't. And then when you go overseas, you're dealing with people who are highly educated. Or you're dealing with people who are not very highly educated. The problem is is that they just don't know how to interact, right? And... I try to explain this to them. It's like the only reason why people will have anything to do with you is because you have the power of the United States Embassy behind you. If you did not have that, they would not deal with you. They don't care about whatever terminology you use. They don't. Nobody cares because you're just not that important. They have more experience, more education, and they know how to manipulate people better than you do. At 20 years old, 25 years old, you just don't have it. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you just don't have it. Now, why do I bring this up? Honestly, I couldn't care less because I'm out. I'm retired. That's not my problem. One, I wanted to say no hard feelings to the people who are in. Thank you very much for serving your country. Uh, and that's it. That's all you get. That's all you deserve. Nothing else. I'm not going to apologize because I'm not sorry. <laughs> and... Uh, but I bring this up because when we get out, you have to have more. Just saying that you were in special operations is not going to get you a job. Saying that you were a leader is not going to get you a job. Being a leader in the military is not actual leadership. Being a leader in the military is basically just being like a bunch of Pol Pots, Ho Chi Minhs, Stalin. Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. Pick your dictator. That's all it is. You do what I tell you to do, or you will be punished. That's it. Because there's no real incentive. What's the incentive? Well, I'll just do the bare minimum, 60%. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get punished for it. You don't like you're not gonna like that I do a half ass job, but I'm not gonna be punished. Maybe I just won't get promoted. And that's it, right? So when you get out, like you have to have something else. Um, I was looking on LinkedIn today, and there was a, a young, uh, there was a gentleman talking about the PMP certification, and he was talking about how, um, you know, when you get out, you shouldn't limit yourself to just project management positions. And I agree with that. I'm I'm, I'm applying to some project manage, management positions because I like doing it. I actually enjoy it. I like starting something from the beginning. My mild case of OCD uh, needs that. Like uh, where I'm at right now, it's everything is ambiguous. There's really no start or finish to things, right? But projects, you start it and you finish it. That helps me calm down, and so that's why I'm going for project management. But he uh, explained it how um, you know pretty much everybody in the military is a project manager you don't need the certification when you get out, but it just shows that you're able to speak the same language that people on the outside world speak. And, you know, it's just, he compared it to you going to jump master school if you're a paratrooper, right? Well, it, it just, uh, it just shows that you know what you're doing. You, you know, they don't have to just judge your resume because your resume sometimes can be a little confusing to recruiters, hiring recruiters, right? Hiring managers. They don't understand what you're saying on your resume, but if they see that PMP certification, they'll say, oh, "Okay, well, I know what this guy. I, he he understands the basics, right? He he he's a seventy percent at project management on the outside, so we'll, we'll give him a shot. So, and that's what you have to understand, right? When you get out, it's you have to continue to um, to learn. And um, you know, I, I was uh, interviewed for one project management position this week. And they were asking me, what have I done um, lately? Because uh, I had my education on there, completed my last master's in 2022. And, you know, in the Army, you would think, well, that's good, man. I, I finished master's. What else do I have to do? No, of course. What was the first question they asked me? Um, first question was, what have you done to um, continue your education to learn? And so I explained to them, hey, you know, um, yeah, yeah just about finished with my PMP and I started a PhD program, I'm, you know, five cloud, class, four classes in, and, uh, you know, it's going to take a few years, but, you know, and of course he asked, what is it in Told him global leadership. And so I'm not saying it got me the job cause I'm still winning here. Um, but it shows that I'm still taking an interest in improving myself and learning. And even at my old age of 49, that, I still want to try to be uh, just a better version of me, right? And so that's all it is. It's like, uh, yeah, I was maybe a little too honest, which I don't think that's really the case. It's, again, right? The Army has no problem when you screw up um, putting you on blast and putting you front and center to humiliate you, right? And I totally get it. So now that I'm out, why would I... um, Want to protect the army in any way, shape, or form. This is what happened. The best of your best were not very good. They weren't. And so people need to hear this. And why is this? Um, so, for those young kids that are in the military right now, people who are getting out, know that nobody cares about your MSM. Nobody cares about, you know, that you went to air assault school or. Any of that. Nobody cares. Just be humble. Be empathetic. Just be yourself, right? People can spot phoning. Um, in the military, you're taught like, to just say stuff. Um, if you don't know the answer, just say something but with confidence. And then people will believe you. Well, that's not going to work <laughs> in an interview. you know? They're asking you specific questions for the job. And, you know, that's like saying that, you know, if you're going in for a job just to be like a a cook at Burger King, right? And they're asking you how to make a hamburger and you start talking about how to catch fish or, you know, like how to um, collect the perfect eggs from chickens or something. It's like, yeah, you sound confident, but you're not answering the question. And that's the whole point. Take the good parts of what the military gave you. which is about 10% of your entire military career and take the other 90% and just flush it down the toilet because that's all it's worth. Okay. I I was asked, um, if I wanted to have my children join the military, right? Well, they're adults. So if they want to join the military, that's up to them. I personally don't want them to join the military, but I can't stop them. That's, that's their decision. Now, um, You know, I mentioned on here before that I don't speak about my military career to my kids and I don't speak about it to my grandkids. Why? Because I don't want them influenced. I've seen a lot of um, people in the military where they have their kids and they dress them up in, you know, little kid uniforms of ACUs or whatever, OCPs, whatever we're calling them now, like the BDUs, the camouflage uniforms. You know, kids are out there saluting. It's like you're you're not even giving your child a chance to do something else. Like you're leading them straight to the military. If that's what they want to do, great. Uh, but we should do better for our children, right? Again, my parents uh, had limited education, right? My father um, immigrated to the United States. He worked in uh the orange fields for a while and he worked as a painter um, painting using lead paint to paint airplane parts in both instances right when he was picking oranges out there they'd fly over and they would dump uh insecticide over them right and gotta kill those bugs so they would just cover up right and then when he was uh, painting uh he was just they gave him this little paper mask right to cover his cover his mouth and his nose he was using lead paint. Um, well, coincidentally, my father came down, uh, was diagnosed with cancer, right? When he was about, I don't know, in his 30s, late 30s, right? Well, yeah, because <laughs> he was, they were dumping all these chemicals on him and he was around lead paint for decades, right? And so he never wanted me to go into like factory work or doing stuff that, like, harsh chemicals because he didn't want me to uh, suffer the same fate he did. I father passed away at 53. That's uh, pretty young. I'm 49. And, you know, to think that's only four years away from me. Um, so being in the military, right. Um, I was injected with everything under the sun. Um, have all these, <laughs> these radios and satellites and uh, satellite dishes going off and, uh, You know, I don't know if I'm going to come down with some form of cancer later on due to my exposure in the military. Um, But I know that I don't want my children to join because there are other things for them to do. If you want your kids to join, go ahead. They're your kids. They're not mine. I just want my kids to have options and know that they can do whatever they want. They're not limited to what I did. Okay, so... I went to the Matchbox Twenty concert this week, right? Before I start, let me let me explain something. Um, when I was in East of Los Angeles, um, I was a spoiled kid, right? My parents gave me everything I want. Uh, granted, you know they couldn't afford to give me uh, buy me a Ferrari or even like a, a brand new car, but I got a car, right? I got a '66 Mustang, right? And at the time, I was I was so spoiled. I, I didn't appreciate it. Right. Cause I was a punk kid and growing up in East LA. Right. I excelled at school. Right. So the teachers tell us all the time, like, if you just do well, you know, you'll go to college and have a chance to make something of your life. Right. So I grew up always thinking that I was entitled, that society owed me something and it doesn't, it doesn't at all. But what are those teachers supposed to do in East Los Angeles? Be honest with me and tell me, well, there's a very good chance that you'll be in a gang so you'll either be dead or in jail by the time you're um, 20 or uh, you'll get somebody pregnant and you guys will have a kid by the time you're 16, right? Because that's this is the story of East Los Angeles. And so they have to tell us something. So they just focus on education and said, well, I would hope they would focus on that because they're teachers. If you just... Do well, you'll get into college. Well, of course, you know, get into college. And we weren't dirt poor, so uh, I didn't qualify for any uh, financial aid. And so after three years, it just didn't pan out, right? And so I just always thought, like, uh, going in for jobs, it's like, well, I I can do the job. I'm an intelligent person. If you train me, then I I can do the job. But that's not how jobs work. You have to show up with skills that the employer needs, right? And, uh, so I had my head up my ass. I thought I was better than everyone else I wasn't obviously. And so when I joined the military, um, you know, I was a land combat missile system, system repairer. right? What is that? I fixed the, the tow missile and the javelin missile. So of course people, the first sergeants I had, they were either warehouse guys or mechanics and they weren't too bright. So, of course, they hated our section. As in the most hated squad, in the most hated platoon, in the most hated company, in the most hated battalion, in all of the 82nd Airborne Division. Um, that says a lot, right? Because uh, most people are miserable there. I still have a good time because, I mean, if you're the most hated, well, it's really, it can't get much worse, right? right. Um So I had a good time and I enjoyed my time in the 82nd. But along the way, um, the way the military handled things, uh, you know, my wife and I, we had a miscarriage when I was in Iraq, my first deployment, or my second deployment actually to Iraq. And the 82nd screwed that up completely. Uh, um, You know, it just got real bitter with the military, you know, had PTSD, started drinking a lot. And of course, you know, um, if, if you're... If the military doesn't think you're of use, it's like, just get rid of them, right? They're garbage. You know, he's a loser. No, I'm not. I'm not a loser. And, uh, but I became really disgruntled. And of course, because like I, people I mentioned before, Drew helped me out a lot, helped me get my life back on track. And, uh, you know, I still remained a disgruntled soldier. Um, but it wasn't until after I, my team sergeant time was up in the, um, the 95th Civil Affairs Brigade that I started to feel a little bit better. I went out to Camp Call, felt better out there, came back, was a little bit better. But I already had that reputation of just being a disgruntled guy and really wasn't anymore. I was pretty, pretty happy with life and pretty content. And um, but life got a lot better once I left the military. Now, why do I bring this up? Um, because I'm neither of those people anymore. I'm ne- neither the person that was in East LA and I'm not the person that was in the military. I'm something else, you know, I'd like to say taking the best of both, both those worlds. Right. So back to the topic, right? So I went to the Matchbox 20 concert and of course people were drinking. got to understand this concert was supposed to take place in 2020, but then COVID hit. So they shut it down. But about 2021, no, nope, still can't do it. In 2022, they decided, Hey, we're going to, um, record a a record so we don't want to record uh tour this year so we can tour next year and you guys will buy a record as well so that's what they did right and so of course you have a lot of people there that are drinking and get drunk and that's fine like enjoy yourself i don't care um but i'm still running right because i like to run and on wednesday the day of the concert i had to go uh have my hip checked out well because the joint is deteriorating and it's going to have to be placed out eventually and so I ran that morning I was on my feet all day so at the concert you know I, I was sitting down at the lawn and so of course the drunk people around me were trying to pick me up and I like, can't stand up it's like yeah no thanks and after about the fifth time I had to tell the young man if you touch me again I'm going to stab you in the face <laughs> He got all upset. He didn't understand why. It's like, well, don't touch me. And he, again, wanted an explanation. And you need to understand that I don't owe anybody any explanation at any time. If I don't want you to touch me, then keep your goddamn hands off of me. And that's it. Just don't touch me. Okay. But for those of you that are listening, um, the reason why I didn't want him to touch me was because, one, at the concert with the flash, flashing lights, it, it, kicks in my PTSD. So it's a little bit hard, hard for me to enjoy the, um, the concert, but I'm not going to stay home like there are bands that I want to see. So I'm going to go and figure out how to be there, right? So when people touch me at these concerts, it, it's a little bit more intense than it normally would be. I don't like to be touched at all, all right? But then uh, when those lights are going on, it, it's worse. Now, after saying that, Once, twice, thrice, that should have been sufficient. But no, he kept on. So I would put it in terms that he understood, okay? And my family, they they were there with me and they understood already. They just like, whatever, that's, (laughs) just don't stop touching them, right? And so he stumbled away. And the other thing I noticed at this concert, you know, there's still little parts of me that come out from my past, right? And so there were some heavyset people. And I was thinking to myself, it's like, wow, it's really looking like that cartoon from Disney, um, Wally, right, where it's just a bunch of heavyset people on, uh, on their hover chairs. And I thought, oh my god, these people aren't overweight; they're obese. That was my fir- um, first thought. But fortunately, I caught myself. And so what? So what? They're enjoying life. They're getting out there, and they're enjoying life. They're not bothering anybody. They just want to enjoy a concert like I want to enjoy a concert. Just like I didn't want that guy touching me. They don't want anybody telling them anything. Or That's their life. They can live it however they choose. So I was pretty happy that I caught myself. Um, because who cares? Like, why waste time on that, you know? And I was talking to my uh, co-worker about that and uh, they were, they were saying that, yeah, you know, people are just getting overweight and it's, it's embarrassing. And it's like, you know, who cares? Like just let people live their lives. Like just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. And of course I got the questions, Matchbox 20, why would you go to Matchbox 20? Which my question to them was, did you buy my ticket? And the answer was no. I was like, then what do you care? Why do you care if I go to Matchbox 20, right? This, this is a junior high, guys. Like, we don't have to explain ourselves to anyone. You, you know, we always get these, like, Whoa. why did you do that? Or why'd you go there? Or why'd you like that? I don't need really to explain myself to you. <laughs> and when you view things like that, you know, you can be polite about it or don't be polite. It's your choice, right? You have to decide how you're – I don't like being polite because people are rude To me, but they expect me to be polite. That's not how it's going to work. I try to leave people alone because I want them to leave me alone. All right. So what's the takeaway from this? It's like, man, just go live your life. If those people want to be overweight, that's fine. If you want to go try to be a wave model, that's fine. You know, I'm a bald guy. I've thought about going out and getting airplugs, plugs, right? Going up to Bosley. Um, But I don't want to spend that money. That's pretty much what it comes down to. I already have it figured out. I already know what I want. I want the Steven Seagal. <laughs> I want to look. I want to look ridiculous like that. Uh, but no, I'm not going to invest some money in that. All right. So um, I got to see two of my friends this week, Alfredo and uh, Junior, and it was it was great. Uh, Alfredo is actually the first person to have come over to my new house. Um, in my mil- When I was in the military, the only person who ever went over to my house was Drew. Other than that, nobody, I didn't have anyone over to my house. So Alfredo would be like only the second person in that I know from the military that's ever been over to my house. And- because I'm trying to change, trying not to be a recluse, uh, you know, trying to let a few people into my little inner circle. And my inner circle consists of me and that's it, right? And, uh, so I'm trying to, um, you know, just be a little bit different and let let a few more people in and it was good to see them. You know, we didn't hang out too long, but you know, just staying in contact and just seeing how they're doing. It was good. It made me happy. Now, one of the last topics I want to talk about is running, right? I love to run. I started running when I was about 14. It brings me peace. It makes me happy. I've had people tell me that's not fun. Well, you don't get to tell me what I view as fun. I decide. Nobody else, it's not like we're taking a vote, you know, we're not going to the polls, is running fun. No, I don't care. If I say it's fun, it's fun. And uh, I've had a few people ask, hey, let's go running together. And it always becomes a little awkward because I don't want to be rude, but I don't run with other people. The military kind of ruined running for me because I hated running in formation. Um, Because if I want to run fast, I'll run fast. If I want to run slow, I'll run slow. If I want to walk, I'll walk. You know, and it's always been my time. That's the one thing, one and only thing I do for myself. I don't share it with anyone ever. Not with my kids, not with my wife, no one. You know, And, and that's me, you know. When I was over in England, Jim said, hey, you know, we should go for a run. It's like, I, how, how do you, you know, he's just being polite and he wants to like, hang out. How do to tell someone, I don't run with other people, right? I've had multiple people ask like, hey, you know, we should go run. And it, it just isn't going to happen because that's for me. And I, I bring this up uh, not to explain it to everyone because, again, I don't have to explain anything. But you should all have something for yourself that you don't share with anyone. Okay. This podcast is turning into something like that as well. I've shared it with people, but I've had multiple people tell me, hey, well, you should have somebody um, do a professional intro music for you. It's like, no. It's like, well, it could be better. It's like, it's exactly how I want it. You want to know why? Because it's mine. And if I wanted somebody to um, create some intro music for me, I would go hire someone, but I don't. And it's exactly the way I want it. It might be crappy. Okay, so what? That's how I want it. I want it to be crappy. It might be the best podcast out there. I I know it isn't. But if it is, then that's exactly how I want it to be. It's mine, right? And running is the same thing. It's how I relax. It's how I enjoy my alone time. And we all need that, a little bit of low time. So figure out what that is. Hopefully it's not going out and drinking. You don't want to be that guy in a bar by yourself drinking. Uh, But whatever it is, just figure it out. Um, So I've been rambling rambling on for a little bit. So, shout outs, right? I want to give a shout out to um, my friend Bernice. Um, She's also a runner. Um, She's still in the military. She's an incredible runner. We ran this half marathon one time. I didn't even know she was running it. And it was six and a half miles out, six and a half miles back, right? I was like at mile five. And I see this, like this blur, this white blur because she was dressed in white. Just zooming past me. It's like, and when I say zooming past me, she wasn't coming up behind me. She had already made it to the turnaround and was coming back. So that was what, a mile and a half out, a mile and a half back. She was already three miles ahead of me. She was already on mile eight when I was on mile five, right? And she's just amazing. Um, she's still in. She's a leader in the military. Um, I've talked to her a few times. When I was first sergeant, um, I reached out to her for her opinion, for, for some assistance because I trust her opinion. I value her opinion and I know she isn't going to set me up for failure. Let me, um, sidetrack here real quick. The problem with the special operations is there's a difficult vibe, uh, in the air because we're all, you're all located in the same area, right? Um, at least civil affairs is—you're all in the same area, right? So if you're a staff sergeant competing for sergeant first class, you know exactly who you're competing against. So it creates this tension; it creates a bad working environment, and that's what people don't understand. It's like if the units were separated, you would wouldn't have as much tension. But there's five battalions, and you compete. You see the people in the other battalions, and you know they're your direct competition um, from you getting promoted. So there's this cutthroat attitude and it prevents people from really working together to the best of their ability. And Bernice was able to look past all of that um, because she was confident in her skills. You know, the, the. Military came up with the ranking system, right. And they would give you, they called it an OML number, right. Whatever. They, They gave you a ranking, right. And for master sergeants, right? The first year it came out, I would think I was uh, number 73 and I had the sergeant major explaining why, why this is why you're 73. It's like 73 out of 150, right? I was telling him, "It's like, sergeant major, I haven't even pinned master sergeant yet. I'm still a sergeant first class. So you shouldn't be explaining to me why I'm a 73. You should probably be explaining to 74 behind me why they're 74 and behind me. I don't need an explanation, right? Well, that same year, it wasn't that year. I think it was the following year. The following year, I moved up to 40. Well, Bernice is ranked, she was ranked number one. She was still Sergeant First Class, right? And uh, she was ranked number one. So she was the best Master Sergeant who was still a Sergeant First Class. And I would joke around. I would joke with her and I would call her negative five. It's like, you're so awesome that they had to leave four empty slots, because nobody is near as good as you, and she would get embarrassed. Like, yeah, I don't, you know. She was modest, right, and which is the quality a quality a leader should have—modesty, right? And she did. It's like I told her, like, look, man, if it was me, I'd probably go get T-shirts made out like with a big number one on it, so everybody knew I was number one. <laughs> That's probably why I wasn't <laughs> selected to be number one, right? Uh, but I just want to say, hey, thank you for all the assistance you gave me. I know you're still in, but I know when you get out that you will be successful in whatever you do because you are an example of what a leader should be. Um, you provide guidance and assistance, not just to the non-commissioned officers in your unit and not just to the junior enlisted, but to the young officers, you know, those dreaded captains who, <laughs> who well, you know, they're they're kind of a big deal because they've been to Uh, triple C, right? I've been to triple C captain's career course. So I know everything now. Get out of here. (laughs) you stupid, man. Get out of here. And uh, I had no patience to deal with that stupidity anymore. And uh, Bernice still patient and she helps them out and she works with them and, you know, God bless you. And thank you very much for what you do, Bernice. And thank you very much for helping me. All right. So, um, with that, that's going to end our uh, show here today. Just remember, guys, uh, you are special. You have something that makes you unique. Identify what that is and maximize it to its fullest potential. And I know you will be successful in life. All right. If you take something from this podcast, just know that you're not alone. And if you ever need anything, you can reach me here uh, on this podcast. Um, you can find me wherever podcasts are found on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh Apple Podcasts, what's the other one, Uh, on Amazon, and uh, Samsung has their own version, and you can find me on there. Basically, if there's a podcast, you can find me on Google. Uh, You can find me on, you can find my podcast there. All right. Last thing before, shout out. Shout out to Taco. Taco, I love your pics on Instagram. Matt, please post more because I love uh, seeing the Taco pics. All right, so until next time, guys, zot, 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 and roll tide.